Hello and welcome to the Michael Mama Show. I'm your host, Michael Mamas, and we're coming to you from Mount Soma on a cloudy day, home of the Sri Sameshwara Temple in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, man, there's so much going on in the news these days. It's just unbelievable. And most of it is ridiculous. I mean, ridiculous in the sense that it's just unbelievable, you know? Um, We'll talk about it some, but I mean, you get to a point where you don't even want to go over all of the incredible and outrageous things that are going on because there's just, there's too much and it's too outrageous, you know, it's almost like you don't even want to discuss it. You know, there's that uh, Tyree Nichols, is that his name, who got killed by those five uh, black cops in... uh, where was it? Mississippi, Louisiana. Oh, no, it was uh, Memphis, Memphis. Um, in a way, the, 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 the subject of this whole podcast is... Um, Scotty, are you there? Or did I just lose you? Oh, hopefully he'll get back on. Um, let's see what's going on with Scotty here, real quick. Yeah, boy. There we go. Okay, back, yeah. Scotty. I got knocked okay, off for good. some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you're at Mammoth right now, huh? Yeah. And it's all what snowy there. Um, yeah, it's a lot of snow on the mountain. I'm on, I'm on, yeah, okay. Um, but at any rate, you know, I don't know if you heard, Scott, I was talking about uh, those cops that killed that guy in yeah. Memphis, you know. And it's on what, what is the motivation? You know, what, why would people do that, you know? And, uh, you don't see it that much on, on the news talked about or anything. It's more about how horrible it is and all. But, you know, what were they thinking, you know? Uh, but really, that's the subject of this whole podcast. Because the point is, in a nutshell, there's a, um, well, we talk about, it's like if the world is a fishbowl, the water is polluted. And the water's polluted, it, the people go nuts. Not all the people. It depends. Some people are more just like fish. Some fish are more resistant to the pollution than others. Uh, And some people are susceptible to the pollution in some ways. You know, and some people it might affect their brain and other people it may affect their health, their physical health. Uh, But it also affects the whole environment. Think about it. I mean, it's amazing that the world doesn't really think in this way or acknowledge this they keep looking at the this guy beat up this guy and why did they do that and uh, oh there's an earthquake over here and why did that happen and uh oh you know this war is going on and you know what are we going to do about the war but they never really get to the essential why of the thing which is just that the fishbowl is polluted the world environment the global consciousness however you want to say it it's polluted 
And, and when it's polluted, just like a fishbowl, the rocks in the fishbowl get dirty, the plants don't thrive well, all the fish suffer. Everything is affected. And that's what's going on in the world. And the amazing thing is this isn't my knowledge, this is ancient Vedic knowledge. And not only do they acknowledge that and state that, but they also um, provide a technology whereby we can clean the fishbowl, purify global consciousness, fix all of this. Uh, and the thing is that there are ancient technologies, ancient, things go way back way further than we thought. And you, you'll see things uh, in the news too, if, if you pay attention. Um, you know, things that we thought like even Angkor Wat, they think they were thinking it was built around, what was it, 800 AD or something like that, or 400 AD, I can't remember. But it's, now they're saying that they think it's thousands of years ago. It was much older than they thought. And that's just one example. So many of these things in Peru and these structures, and we don't know how they built them. Uh, we don't have the technology today. And we're realizing that a lot of these places are, not a few thousand years old, they're 10,000 years old more. And, and uh, Scotty, you were talking about um, the cataclysms. Uh, uh, yeah, there's you, I think Joe, Joe Rogan or whatever you were saying. Go well, ahead. Th there's this, this guy, Randall Carlson. Um, mm. He's a geologist and they've been studying what they call the Scablands up in Washington state where they see this massive runoff, like, like it would be like dumping the entire Great Lakes in a matter of like hours into, you know, like it would be flowing down because they say that there's this thing called the Younger Dryas event, which was an impact, they think, and the impact melted the ice sheet up there during the last, you know, up, ice up age. In can up in Canada. Up in Canada. And that yeah, was like 10,000 years ago, or how long ago was that? Yeah, like 11, 10, 10 or 11,000 years ago. Yeah. And yeah. who is this guy? You said he's a theologian? No, no, no. He's, he's, a, he's a geologist. Okay, or... that may, I, I misunderstood you. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah. more sense. Yeah. 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 And, and then that you were saying, because we talked about this, you were saying that that correlates to the time they theorized uh, that Atlantis... When? Yeah, they, they talked about, um, you know, when um, was it Plato went to Egypt and was talking about his, I think it was either one of his distant relatives, Solon, was told by the Egyptians that there was a cataclysm about, I think they, when he went, it was like about 9,000 years ago, mm -hmm. which would have been a total of like 11,000 years ago. Yeah, from now, yeah. Yeah, and see, all of this maps out because there's other geologists. Um, you know how in India they've found some of that, like, glass, they call it, you know, where it's like a nuclear bomb went off? Right, right. Well, the same and, it thing went, happens and it went off, happened. you know, 10,000, 20,000 years ago, 30, I forget how long. Right. Well, I imagine it's And around. the only way that glass could form was from a nuclear, uh, thermonuclear uh, weapon. Well, or an impact, they, they form an impact when there's some, it's like the same uh, energy when there's an impact from a meteor, 
oh, as there is yeah. in a nuclear bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it melts all of that. Uh, it now, melted like all of that stuff up there. Yeah, but an interesting thing is that, see, there were ancient civilizations, many of them, and they became hugely advanced. And there are accounts of those civilizations from cultures all over the world. Uh, the, the thing that really makes the Vedic unique is they still have those cognitions and those uh, records from the Vedic literature because they wrote it down. Whereas a lot of the others are oral traditions and that's fine. But, you know, the problem with oral traditions is people, you know, feel like, well, I kind of got, you know, it's like the game telephone. I don't know if that's true or not. I, I don't think it is in all cases, but uh, uh, in, in, in the Vedic tradition, they, they, and even before they actually wrote it down, it was, was an oral tradition, but it was done quite rigorously where they had, they trained pundit boys and people from age boys from age five on to repeat it exactly, you know, and backwards and forwards. And, and the point is that these different civilizations had unbelievable technologies. And we were talking about this, Scotty, but the technologies went in different directions than our technology today. And there's an arrogance to the mentality of cultures. If you look at the history of, um, of, uh, the world history that we do have uh, that, you know, the Vikings thought they were the ones that had it together. The ancient Greeks thought they were the ones that had it together. The Romans thought that they were the ones that had it together and they all viewed everybody else as barbarians. Uh, uh, but the real barbarian mentality is that is the barbarian mentality. You know, our culture or our history or the little knowledge we have is all the knowledge there is. And everybody else's, you know, 10,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago, all those people were just living in caves and, and, you know, throwing spears at each other or rocks or what have you. And that's not the way it was. Okay. And, and uh, you know, there's that TV show, uh, Ancient Aliens, and they, you know, these buildings, these incredible structures in Peru on mountaintops that, you know, the rocks got towed from, you know, however far away and then they're seamlessly put together and they're 20 tons or 200 tons or whatever it is per block. And how did they do it? And so what do they do? They attribute it to uh, UFO people. Well, I'm not going to get into whether or not they're UFO people. That's not what this is about. But the thing is, there were ancient civilizations that did have technologies that we don't have today. They developed them in a very different direction than the Newtonian and now the modern physics approach that we have today. But again, it's barbaric to think that the little world that uh, we've developed, as, as wonderful as it is, I mean, electric lights, you know, airplanes, everything, it's great. But it's not the only direction huge advancements in technology can go. And, and we're learning that now. We're discovering that now. Uh, and the incredible thing is that their Vedic technologies, it's there. It's in the record. And there are Vedic scholars in India that have advanced that knowledge to a point where they're ready to construct these things that purify global consciousness, that 
clean the fishbowl of the, of the world. And nobody's building it. Why? Because they don't believe it. Why? Because there's this kind of barbaric mentality that the only culture that's really got it together is ours. Uh, now, Angkor Wat, you know, it's that incredible structure in, uh, uh, or is it Cambodia, I guess, that um, some people say, well, wasn't that a structure built in accord with that technology to purify global consciousness? Perhaps it was, but it, it's one thing to build it, it's nothing to operate it. And clearly, Angkor Wat has not been operating for a long time. And secondly, and this is an important point, the knowledge is extremely delicate. The knowledge of how to build a cell phone is delicate. If you don't do it just right, your cell phone's not going to work. We're talking about a more subtle, a more profound technology, a more profound knowledge. And if you look at the history of Angkor Wat, it started out to be Vedic, and then um, it kind of shifted, and a king or somebody was a Buddhist, so they made it Buddhist. Now, it's not a judgment of Buddhism. It's not a judgment of anything like that. But it's the thing is, that's kind of like building a uh, Porsche and then somewhere along the line, ripping out the carburetor and sticking in the carburetor from a truck, Ford F-150. It doesn't work. And so they compromise it. And then there was another king, evidently. See, the center of a uh, structure like that is called the Brahmastan. And... Uh, uh, it's the same, kind of like the focal point, the the, the uh, soul, the the heart of the of the structure, if you will. And I understand that one of the kings along the way decided, well, if that's where it is, that's where I want to be buried. <laughs> and so they turned. He wanted to turn that into that's where they were going to put his body after he was dead. I mean, the whole thing got completely screwed up, and that just. So what we have to do. And we have, we have the, the knowledge. I, I know the Vedic scholars in India, they've designed it, they're ready to build it. All we need is some, the money to build it, and it's not cheap. But, but uh, we build it, and uh, it will have this influence. And then we have to maintain it and maintain it carefully. It's, it's remarkable what I've witnessed, because you know I've been teaching for years and stuff, and even people and dedicated people in many cases who really took the knowledge that we gave and then they get off on these tangents. And then before you know it, it's the whole thing is compromised. And, and uh, uh, the thing is so delicate. It's so subtle that it's going to require a, a real dedication through the ages to, because not only do we want to build it and have it work and have a purified global consciousness, but we want it to maintain that purity. You see? Uh, and it's not about fanaticism any more than, you know, how to maintain a cell phone properly or how to build a cell phone properly. That's not a fanaticism. It's a science. And this is Vedic science we're talking about, you know, is there, there more on that you wanted to add Scotty? Yeah. I mean, they're finding so many technologies that are, lost that it's like irrefutable even at that gobiglia tepe and in um turkey is it turkey yeah they're they're even finding columns that were um you know like they had memorialized when this event happened 
and um so the erasure of these other you know civilizations i mean we've got to start to like wake up to the fact that these are things it's real even even yeah. even with tesla not that long ago uh the guy who came up with alternating current and of course edison didn't like it because edison was uh pushing direct current and it's just a mess there how how compromised things get but but tesla had a way of you know he was built wanted to build that um structure that um could generate energy for the whole world clean energy for the whole world and he couldn't even get the handful of thousands of dollars wasn't that much to build it he threw all his wealth into it he got it so far and then nobody would support it uh marconi everybody thought he was nuts about building the radio but finally when he built it and it transmitted and so somebody i think in new york was talking to somebody in italy or something all of a sudden people accepted that oh okay the radio is real so how do you get the funding to build it because the proof is in the pudding after it's built you see and that's just our history it's a it's a shame you know and and then you get into because the global consciousness is so polluted um people's thinking becomes encumbered it becomes limited and that and their worlds become small and that's how they see things and and they won't go beyond it that's why in the vedic tradition they talk about expanded consciousness uh breaking of boundaries breaking of limitations seeing beyond the limitations that've been imposed on the human awareness you know uh and the problem with that then is you know people get off on tangents with oh you know gosh i remember i was in a lecture that we were given this was decades ago and uh we were talking about all of that vedic knowledge and all and some guy got up and he said i know exactly what you're talking about he said i took a hit of lsd he said and i my consciousness expanded and now i have knowledge of the universe we're talking about a refinement we're not talking about blowing the chakras open we're talking about refining them you know and there's so many things out there that blow chakras open not only not just taking lsd but um these left-handed tantric techniques i've talked about where they rip people's chakras open all this light starts pouring in they think they're enlightened and so there's so much there's so much that interferes with the process you know oh and then and of really bringing out the knowledge in in its purity you know and it's a rigor it's a rigorous knowledge a rigorous science it involves both the heart and the mind for sure but the mind has to be coherent Oh, Scotty, you you were, oh, Scotty, you were talking about the pole shift. Yeah, uh, you know, on the subject of, you know, events that have kind of, you know, reset things, you know, the pole shifts they say have happened every once in a while over the, you know, course of the, you know, billions of years. And that's know, a, that's a scientific knowledge, right? I think the yeah. there was a pole shift some time ago that somehow they know for a fact happened. Well, yeah, it it they think I think recently they've they've seen that it's moved some degrees, you know, and they also can oh, tell yeah. what what's happening with the core of the of the um 
you know, um, oh, yeah. you know, spinning inside and things like that. So they yeah, can, the molten core of the earth, it's a very complicated system really, yeah. but, but they're noticing that it's changing now and it's shifting and, right. and, uh, you know, Oh, gee, this whole thing with, um, direct TV and they kicked off one America news and then they kicked off, um, what was it? Newsmax. And so there's a big stink about that. And the politicians are on upper and that was direct TV. And I hardly ever, you know, I, I tune into CNN. I tune into MSNBC. I tune into Fox news. I like to, and I, I like to get the news from India. I know people who listen to the French radio. I like to hear what the French radio has to say. I don't speak French, but they tell me what they say. And, and uh, so I like to get all these different viewpoints and, that's freedom of speech. And I found it, and this was before the whole thing blew up. As soon as I, I mean, with One American News, okay, maybe they had a conflict. I don't know. But then with Newsmax, that was like the sixth largest audience. And they kicked them off. And I, I got disgusted. And I even called DirecTV. I said, I have DirecTV. I'm canceling it. I'm going to do something else. I find what you have done despicable. I don't even necessarily agree with them. You know, who is it that said, you know, I'll defend a person's right to, to freedom of speech, even if I don't agree with them. And that's how I felt about it. And I think we have to stand up. We have to stand up for what we believe in. You know, I think there's too much fear in the world that, Oh, I'm just going to, you know, keep my world safe and tidy and, I'm not going to stick my neck out at all. But what is that expression? You know, bad things happen when good people see it coming and don't do anything about it. You know, uh, anyway, this whole um, pole shift thing. Oh, I got on, on that tangent because so I got curious about One America News and I tuned into that. And, you know, I went on to uh, searching in Google or whatever and uh call up One America News, and you know the, what it said under the little heading for OAN? They, they were talking about the pole shift, which I thought was pretty amazing, you know, and the, and the shifting in the molten core and all that. And then, Scotty, you were talking about the earthquake in L.A. that you just experienced? Yeah. And how it affected what? I forget, GPS or compasses? What did you say? Yeah, it was just like all of a sudden all the cell phone stuff was being weird and you know, everybody was talking about just how, you know, connections were dropping, like you're using your directional, you know, apps and they were going haywire and just all sorts of weird stuff. You See, know? you can look at these shifts, like the pole shift, kind of like it's, it's yes, it's going to create a tidal wave, a huge wave, a huge shift. And the question is, how is uh, humanity going to deal with that? Uh, uh, and that's really why it's so critical all, always, but particularly in this time, I think you could say that we do purify global consciousness because the phase transition is going to happen. It's just, you know, sun rises and sets, the pole shifts happen every so many thousands and thousands of years. And so the question is how well do we ride that wave? If we don't ride it well, it's an apocalypse. Uh, Armageddon, if we 
But if we have a, a purified global consciousness enough, then when the shift happens, it's seamless. It's at least survivable. And uh, but it, it's a turbulent time, which is what we're in now. See, what's really unique about this time? Yeah, okay, there was World War II, horrible and terrible things happened. But the mentality at this time, it's across the board. Every direction you look, it's all nuts. The educational system, what we're doing to our children, um, uh, politics, uh, uh, science, you know, we look, <laughs> we look at um, with the James Webb telescope, we look and see that the Big Bang couldn't be right. And so then people come back and say, well, you know, your calibration of your instruments wasn't right or anything just to cling to what they have held as true. And now there's stuff coming out. They're explaining, you know, Bell's theorem, that thing, action at a distance and all that. Turns out they can explain the, the test that they were hanging their hat on just with basic classical physics, mechanics, trigonometry, something high school kids are able to, to do. Uh, so they just get you know, and they won't let it go. I mean, I can understand people de dedicated their whole uh, careers to it. Even even Darwin's theory, you know, they've done studies and shown that something is at work there. Uh, something else is going on because it happened way too fast. And so we talk about how the, there is that unified field, that underlying basis of intelligence, coherence, harmony, uh, that which birthed and maintains the whole universe, uh, what people from a personified perspective would call it God. From a science perspective, you call it the unified field. And uh, uh, what happens is as species do gravitate, a la Darwin's theory, they get to a point where uh, they can now resonate more fully with that underlying coherence. And so there's a big, huge, they call it the big bang of the brain when it happened, uh, uh, however long ago it happened, and uh, all of a sudden the brain just evolved so fast. Why? Because it got be infused with uh, a more open to, a more receptive of, however you want to say it, the uh, coherence and intelligence uh, that dwells at the depth of everything. Does that make sense, Scotty? I guess I said that right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, take a look at my podcast notes. I, I do it for every single podcast every week and just skim through. I mean, there's so much, there's so much, you know, and, and, and the problem with our world today really is like all these terrible things that those five guys killing that guy in Memphis or the conflict in, uh, Ukraine or, Everything, we do need to focus on those things in, as specific things and deal with them. But that's the, the world doesn't go, the government doesn't go, the news doesn't go, the media doesn't go any deeper than that. And that's a little bit like you got a wilting plant and they're trying to keep the plant in check by painting the leaves green, you know, it's a classic uh, analogy. But we have to go deeper. The fishbowl is polluted. Clean the fishbowl. Everything will prosper. And that's all this is about. That's what we're saying. That's why we built Mount Soma. That's why we're trying to get this whole thing completed. The technology is there. 
And right now the pollution is so bad, that's why I likened it to a, we're sitting on a volcano of global stress and distortion and pollution of the fishbowl. And we just try to maintain the decorum of humanity with this thin crust on the surface of this volcano. It's, you know, wasn't there that little story about, I think it was a kid and there was a dam and the water was springing leaks and he was sticking his thumb in one leak and other thumb in the other leak and trying to do what he could to keep it. <laughs> but the thing is, it's just sooner or later, you, you can't paint all the leaves green. You can't take care of all the little leaks, you know, and if you don't, then you end up with Armageddon. But we just have to purify the whole thing. And that's what it's about. That's what the world needs to come to understand, you know. And it happens on all levels, the individual level. Why are people, not just those five cops, but in our own personal relationships, people are so abusive to one another, even to the people they love. Why is that? Because there's stress in the environment. It permeates people. It affects the way they think. It affects the way they function. At the depth of everybody is that one thing that's the source of everything, that divinity. In the Christian religion, they call it the Christ. In the Vedic tradition, they call it Chaitanya. Uh, uh, and that's who we are in our true nature. We're divine in that sense. But uh, uh, it's overshadowed. And we, people become abusive. And, 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 and we're not really looking at the root of the abuse, be it on a global level with wars or be it on an individual interpersonal level or a governmental level, any level. And we have the healing technology. It's there. We just have to do it. I guess that's about it, huh, Scotty, for this week? Yeah, he said a lot. <laughs> yeah. You can look over the note, notes, too, if you'd like. The notes every week, I, I, I think the notes are uh, always good to look at. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, appreciate you uh, joining this podcast every week. And um, uh, take care for now.